is an Odyssey original. This is Coronavirus Daily. I'm Charles Felt. I'm Mike Simpson from the KNX Odyssey Studios in Los Angeles, learning more about the Omicron variant. Some good news, some bad news. Uh, bad news, it appears to be more contagious than Delta and the others. The good news, it looks to be milder, not leaving people with severe illness, especially those who are fully vaccinated. We'll look into what this means in the near future. And another shortage, another food item being impacted by supply chain problems. Let's start with Omicron. Dr. Emily Gurley is an epidemiologist and global health scientist at the Johns Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health. Doctor, we were told to wait a couple of weeks to learn more about this. Well, we're just about there. So what do we know? (laughs) Well, it's still early days, but we do see in South Africa, as you mentioned, that folks who have been infected aren't severely ill. There are some caveats to that. Um, the first is, you know, we don't know much about uh, you know, who these patients are. Sometimes um, some first, you know, some of the first people infected could be younger people who wouldn't we wouldn't expect to be severely ill anyway. Um, so it's still early days. We also know that sometimes hospitalization lags uh, quite far behind infection. So I, I think we're still in wait and see. But. I would agree with you that the the information we have so far is encouraging. Okay. So I think, the, yeah, the way to think about this, though, it's we're in a different stage of the pandemic now when we think about these variants. And the the epidemiologic pattern that we see is a combination of both the potential of the virus and the people who are being infected. So what kind of prior immunity do they have? Um, Because most of us now in many parts of the world have some prior immunity. So we're learning more about how Omicron is combining uh, with the immunity profile, at least in South Africa. Okay, so we're waiting on the the older or the immunocompromised people to see if that's going to be worse for them. But maybe we can bank on it, hopefully being milder cases. Um, We're also looking, like you said, to see if if reinfection and prior immunity is a thing that's going to hold. Do we think it's it's more highly transmissible? And if so, what does that mean for us? So we know that in South Africa, in this context, most people have been infected before. So the fact that we're seeing increased numbers of cases with Omicron suggests that it does a good job at getting around some antibody responses. Um, Whether or not it's more transmissible, we don't really know. Again, that's a property of the virus that's difficult to disentangle from um, its ability to to reinfect people. Um, So, again, I think we're still waiting a bit on that. But it's it's obviously, uh, you know, it's transmitting just fine there and in a population uh, of people who who all have some some preexisting immunity. Do have we gotten to the point in the pandemic where we need to stop being so concerned about transmission and really just be laser focused on the potential severity issue. And and I ask that because, you know, as you know, uh, some coronaviruses cause the common cold. People go get that all the time. We all know people in offices uh, who <laughs> seem to be perpetually sick with the common cold. Uh, do we need to get to the point, if we're not already with the coronavirus, where we say, okay, a lot of people are getting it, but it's not that big a deal? Um. 
I definitely think there could be a lot of value in setting public health goals that focus on severe disease and mortality. So, um, and I, and I think, you know, part of the reason those, uh, that would be a good idea is so that we, we have a common goal in mind, you know, uh, coming together around, uh, um, goals that are solely based on an infection, um, are difficult, <laughs> right? Uh, because not all infections are, are per se a problem. So, so I really agree that, that we should get to some public health goals, uh, focused on severity. Although that's going to take a lot of conversation, right? To decide what our goal should be. But I think we should get there. Vaccines are some of the best tools that we have to reduce uh, severity and, and, and mortality. But we also have monoclonal uh, therapies and hopefully more antivirals. Um, so we're going to need a more comprehensive strategy that I, that I agree is, is focused on the real outcomes that we're most worried about. Dr. Emily Gurley, epidemiologist, global health scientist, Johns Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health. And we've had the discussion a whole bunch. What does a case mean, right? A case yeah. can mean a dozen different outcomes. Sure. So, so and, and as she said, I mean, there is value to say, well, is a particular variant causing more people to be hospitalized, to die? Uh, that's really bad. More people testing positive on a take-home test. Maybe it doesn't mean that much, at least going forward. Coming up after a short break, would you eat a bagel with no cream cheese? Well, you might have to. If you like bagels, you know they go well with cream cheese. There's nothing like waking up and eating a fresh bagel with cream cheese, but what if there was no cream cheese? Nightmare scenario becoming a reality. Cream cheese shortages, the latest shortage on the East Coast. The problems might be moving west toward California. Joseph Yemma is owner of F&H Dairies, a wholesaler in Brooklyn's dairy product distributor for most of New York City's bagel shops. Uh, Joseph, do we have a cream cheese shortage? Yes, uh, big time over here in uh, New York City. Why and how bad is it? <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm completely out. I usually have about uh, 15 pallets worth, and I haven't been able to buy any. Well, uh, how, how much are we talking about when you say pallet? I, I mean, how lot. much cream cheese are we talking head. about? So a pallet has got uh, 2,000 pounds, so you know, whatever it is, 30,000 pounds. Oh, so that's bigger than the one-ounce tub I have. <laughs> no, no I'm, talking, I'm talking about the I sell uh, yeah. 50 pounds at a time. 50 pounds at a time. He's dealing with a whole different world yeah, than you are Yeah, this is very there. different here. Yeah. Uh, you say you didn't know why. It's, so you call around, you try and find it, and you just there's not cream cheese to be had. You can't get any answers from anybody. Even the, uh, the company has no answers. So we're just waiting for to come in. Now, b being a, a New Yorker my, myself, Joseph, this is uh, of epic proportions for New York City. I mean, you know, New York without a bagel and cream cheese, a schmear in the morning is really bad. It's bad. It's going to be panic in the streets. <laughs> <laughs> so what, Even uh, Junior's doesn't have any uh, cream cheese for their famous cheesecake. Yeah, I was going to say, for, for people who, who don't know, Junior's uh, cheesecake is, is just a classic cheesecake, New York cheesecake. And are they running out? They're running out. I saw it on the news. They, they're running out. And then, then nobody's telling, telling us when it's coming back. So, so what are people doing? I mean, we mentioned some people are going to Jersey. <laughs> they're scrambling around for other brands of cream cheese, which is not the same as Philadelphia. And, uh, you know, doing whatever they can. 
but, but Joseph, it comes in this week. But 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 I, I guess the the question is, I mean, is cream cheese? Mike, before us looking up how to make cream cheese, this is, is not is, something I want to do. It, no, no, it's easier to just seems buy like it. Work. Yeah, I mean, is it is it particularly difficult to to make or manufacture uh, cream cheese? Well, everybody wants Philadelphia cream cheese. They don't want any other brand really because it's it's the flavor they used to. So even if somebody else makes cream cheese, it doesn't taste the same. So, so the shortage is really of one specific brand, the Philadelphia yeah, brand. Said, yeah, made by Kraft. It's probably the number one brand in, in America. Which is what we're eating. And you call now. them, and they're saying uh, it's uh, on its way at some point. Sorry, it's on its way. We'll get it tomorrow. We wait. Nothing comes. <laughs> Well, I, I have uh, announced, Mike has announced, we could send that to you if you'd like. Yes. <laughs> we can FedEx it. One bagel. <laughs> <laughs> is the problem here that nothing else is going to really work? You know? Like, you want the bagel than... and cream cheese. You don't want bagel and butter. Yeah, that's that's true. And also there's cream cheese spreads, you know, oxen cream cheese and vegetable cream cheese. So they can even make that. It's It's just, you know... New York is all bagel stores. There's bagel stores every five blocks. So the people love bagels in New York. Well, but it, but without the cream cheese, the bagel is pretty dry, right? <laughs> it's a reason for its existence. Yeah. <laughs> Our boss in here. You have to have something to schmear. Yeah, yeah schmear. There it is. That's, that's a New York word for you. No, I, I feel bad for you, Joseph, because, because you know we're sitting here and we're kind of munching on Our cream cup trees. Runs and, over. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty. You know, it's uh, pretty good. All right, I'm going to fly over. <laughs> here he comes. <laughs> He's on the plane. All right, uh, Joseph Yama, owner of uh, FNH Dairies, a wholesaler in Brooklyn. Hope it gets better for you. Experts at the World Health Organization have recommended against using blood plasma from people who have recovered from COVID to treat patients with the illness. They say the time-consuming transfusions haven't been shown to be effective in preventing severe illness or death. WHO says while the plasma of recovered patients initially held promise as a treatment, the current evidence shows it doesn't increase survival rates. A man in Italy went to get his vaccine shot since the country has a strict mandate. That if you want to do just about anything outside of your home, that's what you got to do. The nurse got the shot ready and was going to inject the vaccine when she noticed the man's arm felt strange. So she had the man take off his shirt and noticed the arm was a different color than the man's skin. He finally gave up his ruse and admitted it was a fake arm made of silicone. He told the nurse he needed the vaccine in order to work but doesn't want to get it. He asked her if she could turn a blind eye, but she didn't, saying she was offended as a professional. Reports say the man is actually a dentist. He told reporters after he got caught, and they have now ruined his life. Like, they weren't going to figure it out? It, it doesn't even match. All right, this is an Odyssey original. You can find us on the Odyssey app, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher.